welcome to the Visionary Concept Podcast, where purpose and passion are my motivation. Um, As a life coach, I'm always helping you live your greatest life, reach your ultimate goals, and manifest your visions and dreams. And in honor of Mother's Day, I decided for this episode to just sit down and have a conversation with my mother. So I'm going to introduce her. Her name is Katherine Banks. We call her Kathy, um, a.k.a. some other names, which we won't mention now, but um, Kathy. And um, we're just going to sit down and talk and have a conversation, just a very natural conversation about our relationship, me, um, you know, her being my mother, and then what her... Uh, thoughts are on being a mother to me okay so without further ado we'll go ahead and get started um so we were having a pre-conversation here um just kind of uh speaking generally about you know what we would discuss in the podcast and and it's not rehearsed we don't have any lines so i did want it to be a natural conversation and what what i mentioned was our relationship has been colorful to say the least And I'm sure she can agree. And just to kind of give you just a little bit of background, um, I was mostly raised for the larger portion of my my years by my grandmother. Um, And so my relationship with my mom formed during my preteen adolescent years. So if you can imagine, if you're a mother and you have a preteen or adolescent, how challenging that can be. Um, not to mention, these are the years that I'm really formalizing a mother-daughter relationship with my mom because for the, I guess, the bigger portion of my life, I was raised by my grandmother. Um, not that I didn't know who my mom was, but my grandmother raised me. I lived with my grandmother full-time. And then preteen, adolescent years, I'm making a transition to now live with my mother. If you can imagine birthing a teen daughter, (laughs) that was my experience. But it turned out, thank God, to be a very beautiful relationship. I uh, don't know how much of the credit that I actually want to take for the woman she's become today, but I must say I'm very proud of her. You know, um, I'm also. I'm the type of mother that I can say I'm pleased. No, it wasn't all a piece of cake, but we got through it. And I think what has helped us to reach the place where we are now is acceptance, not blame. When you're raising a child, a lot of times when they want to do things and you aren't in agreement with them, it's always your fault. You're never going to be that perfect parent. But you do what you can. Um, you love when you can. You discipline when you have to. Um, my biggest fear for my daughter coming up in the world was that she would have the knowledge, book-wise, to succeed at anything she said in mind. She always loved school. But then we were there's a part of life that says you have to be streetwise or worldwise and I was just fearful that she would never reach that point but as a, as a grown person she's come full circle <laughs> not without some challenges well um, that's life it's gonna, challenges come regardless of whether you learn a lot where challenges are lessons in absolutely and, and I now we look at life at, at women of a particular age and challenges are welcomed because now you know we've reached a level of maturity that we we can recognize them we understand what they are we know what they're supposed to produce the results that they're supposed to produce some type of growth something that I'm supposed to learn from this challenge so you know you know how to you know go in the fire and come out you know gleaming like gold 
That's true. That's true. And you even though you know when you when you're growing in life, when you're younger and your level of maturity is just not there, you don't like change. You don't like challenges. You don't like growth, and so you kind of go against the grain a little bit. But it, not only that, I think it was you had to adjust to two different words. From your grandmother's house to my house, it's like <laughs> two different words. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, but it was cool, though, because I needed to know these things. True. But at her grandmother's house, it was, this is my grandbaby. She's a perfect child. She can do no harm. At my house, it was like, you're not pulling that over my eyes. I'm not going for that. You know? So we didn't bump heads a lot of times. Um, I'm very grateful that and I'm so proud to say this. I never worried about you and your education. I never worried. If you played hooking, you played it good because I never knew it. Um, you never had any problems at school. I mean, maybe just normal problems, but you were never suspended. No one was ever calling me to the office because you were, you know, you did great things. You were in the marching band. You, you did all of those things. And, and I was very proud of you. So going to school, I just more so worried about what the world would do to you. I always felt like that. I was if sheltered. Did, yeah, if you That's did get in a place that required a lot of education to live, that the world was going to eat you up. Right. But you learned that now she's got the world by storm, and I'm so proud to be her mom. What I learned is when life gives you lemons make lemonade and believe me some lemons came real hard and fast but you know I still thank um, God that he placed me in a place where I needed to be at the time to go through whatever those challenges were Um, you know our relationship like I stated in the beginning is like inheriting a preteen adolescent child that thinks she knows everything you know what I'm saying? But not really knowing she about to meet her match or somebody that, that you know, that is, you know, wiser than her. Or spend all night up trying to outthink her. <laughs> so, so, you know, in that regard, you know, I think we go we went through the same things that probably most most mothers go through that have teenage daughters. Um, Because they think, teenagers, period, they think they know everything. I got two in my house right now that I can't tell nothing to. Um, But, you know, I pray that they'll also reach the level of maturity that they'll see. Because I know a lot of things that I thought I knew. Now that I'm an adult and I've experienced the things that they told me that I didn't know, I can hear their voice saying, you'll remember when you get this age and you're going through this, that I told you that. And I hear your voice and I hear my grandmother's voice all the time. And I just, I'm thankful and I'm grateful that wherever I was and whatever I needed, God made provision for it. Yes. Didn't matter what the situation was. So where I thought that it was a lemon and I needed to make lemonade, whatever the provision was to, to make it lemonade, it was provided. So I, I thank God for that. Um, I think the biggest thing or the biggest part of growth in our relationship was, like you said, acceptance and having no expectations, meaning that I'm going to love you. I'm going to meet you where you are and I'm going to love you unconditionally. And I have no expectations, which means it can only grow. also try to more than anything else what I wanted to do and I look back because when I was actually in this raising you sometimes I felt like I was doing a horrible job I I feel the same way as a parent because it don't come with a manual and every child is different everyone is different and I remember saying so many nights she said come the worst mother in the world but wait until she have children and your response was always I'm never going to have children. (laughs) Yeah, that was right. I didn't want to be married. I didn't want to have children. I was going to be a single jet setter, honey. And when I, when I had my, have my own place set up the way I wanted, driving the car that I want to drive, 
I I was always open to being in a relationship, but I was never, um, I never thought I wanted to be married at that point, at that point in life. I'm like, yeah, I have a relationship. Yeah, he can come over, but he gonna have to leave because I'm not picking up what I used to say. Nobody's dirty drunk. That's <laughs> Boy, have things changed. <laughs> yes, boy, have my thoughts changed. And, and boy, what I thought I wanted then was definitely what I ultimately, you know, was opposite, totally opposite of what I, what I wanted in life. Well, you know, I think that when you are coming up, you can see all of the things that bring smiles to your face. You never think that you're going to grow up. And I, I, selfishly, I really used to wish kids for you. Because <laughs> I did. I used to say, how you going to just wish kids I did. on I really so she can get a taste of her own medicine? That's it. That's it. I was like, she's never going to understand until the day she has the savings. I remember you making a statement to me one time. You said, I'm never going to talk to my kids um, like you talk to me. And I said to you, well, wow, just last week you were and you were never going to have kids. <laughs> so now you're just not going to, you're going to raise your kids better than I'm raising you. You know, and you said, I'm just never going to talk to them the way you talk to me. And I was like, my kids really thought that I was the hardest parent But you was rough, Mom. <laughs> you was rough. But all your but friends We needed me. it. I mean, it was fine. We needed it because when you're raising kids, it's hard. It is. It's not and easy. you all were coming up in the time when things were just changing. It scares me to death today to even think of raising kids. Because the stuff that kids are exposed to now, I didn't even think about. The things that were worrying me and keeping me up all night long, children are experiencing that at 9, 10 years old. And I'm like, oh, that would scare me to death. I, um, I remember we had an argument, you coming up, because I didn't want an electronics. I, y'all can have video games or Atari and all of those things. I refused to buy them because I was like, when do you have time to play for them? Your life is designed by me. You get up, you go to school, you come home, you have your chores, you have your dinner, you, your homework, and it's time to go to bed. So that's your whole life until you move out of my house. Boring. <laughs> we that, did eventually get a Nintendo. Then she won't that hard. Come on. Now. Eventually. But, but by the time they got Nintendo, Atari was out first. Atari was been gone. Yeah, so we got they Nintendo. didn't have those. Kind of, they did get one. Um, but it wasn't today. That's like the whole house. Today, if children have electronics in their house, they don't know anything else. I just, I, my, I think about the times I had with her on the house phone. After you, your curfew, we had a curfew at our house that you could talk on the phone to a certain time. Then there was no more phone calls. You also had to ask my permission to give out our phone number. And you had to tell all of your friends that they could not call past a certain time. Well, of course, her friends was like, okay, I'm just going to call. It's 1030, but I got something to say quick. And I was like, not at my house. You don't. <laughs> so I was like, didn't I tell you to tell your friends on call here? But after a certain time, she was like, well, mama, I can't control when they call. I said, look, I can't. No more phone calls. And we had a phone that stretched from one place to the other all the way through the house. And whenever I passed her room, She'll be on the phone talking, and I could hear her. So instead of going in the room saying, hang up the phone, I would just knock the plug out the wall in the middle of every conversation. <laughs> that so, was cruel. cruel <laughs> and she thought punishment. then it was cruel. But house phones, child. We have come so far from house phones. But, I mean, I have to set those boundaries with my kids. They have cell phones, obviously, and, and you know. A lot of other and different things. But we have boundaries. They have to turn them in. So well, they you, have to check them in. See, I didn't have those time. things to do. Like, you all have this game time thing that you got to go through with your kids. And then loving this Fortnite. And they love their cell phones. And they're always electronically occupied by their choice. But I would go crazy. I'd be like, give me the phone. 
You know, and I'll just be paying my phone bill for nothing because they would probably have it only on Saturday. <laughs> and I'd be like, you can get your phone on Saturday. Now I'm almost afraid to go out the door without my phone. So I know the attachment. And today you really do need another safety net. I didn't have a lot of the problems that parents face today. I'm very grateful that I didn't have those. I, I didn't have, I'm worried about teenage pregnancy. But that was what you just said to your child. And it wasn't as if she was, I was worried about you being sexually active. My thing was, I figured I could put fear enough in you that you wouldn't be a teenage tomorrow. Well, you know what the fear was, the saying was? <laughs> Having a baby is the least of your worries nowadays, girl. They got some stuff out there you can't wash off or you can't get rid of. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> she always be like, Mommy, you always fussing at me. You think I'm going to have a baby. I was like, nope. That wasn't me. in the cards for me. Um, that's true. You know, and, 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 and I, I truly didn't, when I did think about wanting to have kids or wanting to get married or have a family or whatever, I had some priorities. So I, I definitely, you know, having a baby was not on, on the list or having a, you know, a husband or anything. None of that was on the list until I completed some goals. So I had some goals. Those were my priorities. I completed them. Once I did, then my mindset changed towards the next goal. Okay, well now, you know, I'm of age. I'm, I'm a full adult. Um, and I do want children and I do want a family. And so let's kind of shift the mindset so that we can start, you know, leaning towards those things. And, you know, you got to trust God, obviously, in everything that you do. And at that point, you know, I knew God. So I knew that if those were the things that I wanted, he had to provide them. And if he couldn't provide them, then I, they, then it wasn't in the cards for me to have. But I knew that, you know, if it was a desire of mine, that he would bring it to pass. And sure enough, I've been married at this point for 20 years, and we got two children plus two bonus children so four children and um it's challenging being a parent because every one of them are different um i was having a brief conversation about equality versus um equity and you know a lot of people say well you know i got four children i got three children i got two children i treat them both the same you cannot treat them both the same while you love them both they don't always need the same things because they're two different individuals so while you're loving them both you have to treat them equitably equitably because one may need more than the other that's true that doesn't mean you love either of them less that's true you just give the one that needs at the time they need it what they need and that's and that makes you you know uh it's a struggle in it because you hear when you have kids close together one of the things you're going to hear in your house is why not you let her or why not you let him and they're different you have to learn what your child needs and love them where they are exactly and as long as you provide them with what they need they're going to be fine um i i just i look back now that all of you all are grown and i say want to do it no more no <laughs> but it had great moments I still remember things that we did for you coming up that we had a good time doing I remember our firsts together I remember your first concert your first little crush on the singer um, <laughs> you know I, I remember things like that and I look at you now and I say wow she's actually going through most of the things that I went through because she has a daughter and her daughter is her she's really her and and she has a combination her my granddaughter has a combination of her grandmother her grandmothers and her mother <laughs> I'll put it like that and that's a real ball for you so I, I think for us I look back at you and I say I'm so proud of I'm very proud of you. I'm very proud of the way you raised your children. I'm proud of where you are today in life. I, I take a little credit 
But I know a lot of it has been. My biggest thing was establishing determination. And I say once that was established in you, to say you knew that the world is not going to give you everything on the silver spoon. You're going to get something. And you, and what I always wanted was when life hands you something that tries to knock you down, get up with a lesson learned. Because that's one of the ways that you are either, it's not saying it's never going to happen again, but you will know from experience and the lesson learned how to handle it better the second time. And what I always say, what don't destroy you makes you stronger. So I'm proud. And then you you give me a lot of a lot of sunlight in my life. I'll put it like this. You you really do. I, I can really say if you have more than one child, you're gonna get um an apple with a lot of them in the basket. Now you're gonna guarantee not to have all beautiful apples. Some of them apples are gonna be a little much, but it's still your basket of apples. So what you when you get that and for me you have been the one that I'm so proud to say this. Never caused me no trouble. Never been in no trouble. Has been married successfully. Went through whatever challenges life hand her. Yes, I know you cried. I may not have seen it, but I know there are tears that come with just life. So, but you made it through them. And it didn't break you. It kept making you stronger and stronger. And a lot of times I say, let me call my daughter because she always got some positive to say. You gave me a quote some years ago that I live by now. And it worked for me. Because the quote has taken me places that you wouldn't even imagine. And it's simple. I used to have a thing where, and I think this was a problem you had coming up to. I was always so busy trying to make everything right for other people. If somebody I knew was going through a problem, I wouldn't just assist them. I would just dive right into the problem. Which a lot of times, yeah, (laughs) a lot of times took away from you all. I remember an incident where I had a whole family come move in our house because they were going through some change. Didn't work out, but she was like, well, where are they going to stay? I was like, we'll make do, child. You know, and that was not fair to put you all in that situation. It wasn't really my problem. So now in life, I've reached a point where you told me, you said, ain't your baby the rock? And I have taken that to heart and realized you're really not the fixer. That's your responsibility. Help people that you can help along the way, but the problem is really not yours. And that's what I've always done, taking on the problem. Not try to help or assist, just jump in full force with the problem. So I I feel a lot guilty about that because I think sometimes that the time that I was dedicating to someone else's problems, I could have dedicated to our household. Um, But I'm not... I look back, I don't have a lot of regrets. Um, It was tough. I admit it was kind of tough living with me. But it paid off when I see the person that you have become out of life. It don't seem pleasing or pleasant at the moment. But once you get to the place in life that you um, recognize why it needed to be that way, that's the beauty in it. Because then you know that it helped make you who you are. And so your um, fear for my uh, naivete, I guess that's the word, <laughs> yeah. right? I was very naive um, about a lot of things because, you know, I was a, a little, sh- a lot sheltered. My grandmother raised me, um, meaning raised me as her seventh child. And while they thought I was getting away with murder, I was really pretty much sheltered. Um, so those street smarts and those things that make you wise, like you said, to the world, a lot of that stuff kind of flew over my head. But I learned fast, though, child. Especially when she came with me. I had to learn, but I needed to learn yeah, so that did. I could be more uh, rounded. That's so true. I could be a, a, a better rounded individual. I needed to understand some challenges, just like in my own life. Um, yeah, yes, I've been married for 20 years, but there was a point in time that, and I've spoken about this, that we were separated. 
So I needed to have the challenge of being a single mother so that I can relate to single mothers. Because if you've been married, you know, sometimes you don't know how to relate to those challenges that people go through. And so I, I thank God for the opportunity, even though it was a challenge and it wasn't pleasing at the moment. Um, to be able to now, I, I can relate to a single mom. I know how it feels to have worked all day and to be so tired and to be so drained and just feel like you not have anything to give and still got these little people that you're responsible for that that don't understand that your tank is empty. You still got to be there and you still have to give. So it's a challenge in itself. But when you get to that point where the light bulb goes off or you have that, that moment, um, in your life when you realize this is what that was for. Now I understand. It's just so beautiful. It is. It so turns beautiful. out. And, and like I say, I thank you. Um, I'm just proud. I look at you and I'm very proud. And I'm so thankful that I had a support system when I needed one. Because I was a young mother. And um, I didn't plan on it turning out the way it was. But I was very grateful that when I reached out for help, your mother, your grandmother was there for me. Now, even though she raised you as a seventh child, you have to admit you were her first grandchild. So that made her a little prodigal, you know, a little extra special, you know. Um, she was the first child from her grandmother's first grandchild, and her father is her grandmother's first child. So... These are first babies, and they were special first babies. So you 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 were spoiled, you know, and, and you what seemed to me like you were always having your way. They were very protective. Um, then you know she grew up. You grew up as a little baby, never going to get dirty. I never thought you were walk because the minute we set you down outside or something, you like said, "Come on, walk." You'd look at us like, nope, and show us your hands. And if they clean, they're not about to get dirty. And if you fall out, you will sit down and never get up. And every time you try, your legs just wouldn't stand up. Like, <laughs> nope. And she'd brush herself off. She never liked dirt. So I was like, when is the baby going to walk and play in dirt? Or, you know, she going and my And my mother, when she was alive, whenever I took you to her house, she just let you go crazy. It was what did you do to my baby? She'd look at her mama and she would be like, girl, that child is fast. Sit down somewhere. But I, you know, you my first baby. So I felt like I don't want her dirty. You know, um, I dressed in pink all the time. So everybody joked. It's like, did they sell anything else for your daughter besides pink? I was like, I just dressed her in pink all the time. Everything you owned was pink. I remember dyeing your shoes, your stride right shoes, pink. Your first soft bottom stride right shoes. <laughs> I actually dyed them pink. Well, I didn't. We took them to the shoe shop to have them dyed pink. Because everybody would say, oh, he's so pretty. And I would get so furious. I was like, so that your grandmama took you. Your grandmama <laughs> took you had earrings put in your ears. And then that kind of let us dye you some other colors and stuff. <laughs> we, I kept her in pink all the time. You was just a pretty little baby. You didn't want to get dirty or anything until you got to my mom's house. Then it was like, oh, I can just go be a real kid now. And when I saw you again, it was like, what is wrong with my child? You know. So, but if life was good, we had our ups and downs. And some things were a little hard, but they weren't your responsibility to know about hard. It was like, okay. Catherine, you got to work this out because if nothing else, you have to keep a roof over the children's head, clothes on the back of the feet, and you have to show them some guidance, and it has to be some laughter as well as the tears. So we went through it all. We did, we did. One thing I can say, I ain't never been hungry. No, we ain't. Kathy, we'll feed you now, child. <laughs> we always have food. I mean, we have food at two, three people's houses. Because yeah. we just had too much we to throw at our own house. We had food, honey. We ain't never had to worry about being hungry. No. We had some food. We might not have had a phone. It might have got cut off. <laughs> but the lights was on. Yeah, our lights were on. We, we did always have had a place to stay. Yes. We always had a uh, roof over our heads and we always had food. Mm -hmm. We always had clothes. It might not have been 
all the designer things it that you wasn't. may have wanted, but we got a couple of those thrown in to yes. make you feel special. So it was it was overall it was it was a real fun time. And they grew up. You grew up in a in a in my house that you didn't just wake up and it became yours. You had to earn it to a certain extent, to a certain place. You had to say, well, my mom is just not going to wake up and give me whatever I asked her for if I've done nothing to show that I either appreciated what she gave me last time or that I show something that I'm putting forth after to get it. That's the hardest lesson I try to teach my kids. I remember your first pair of Reeboks, baby. I remember, <laughs> I remember, and I was like, okay, we're going to get you some Reeboks. You was like, can I just have some Reeboks? You can have Reeboks. And you want to get these Reeboks. And I was like, okay. They're kind of expensive. You know, because I'm thinking, my bad. I got shoes. I got some other kids that buy shoes for this girl. But I felt like if anybody deserved a Reebok, it's her. So you were like the first one that really got some Foot Locker sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> Foot Locker was a treat. Yeah, Foot Locker was special. <laughs> you know. They didn't have Jordan because I didn't buy them. And in fact, when I, when they, I remember y'all trying to put pressure on me for some Jordans one time. And I took y'all to Foot Lock and I said, okay, we're going, I'm going to buy these Jordans. But I'm going to buy one pair. And they're going to be for the person with the biggest feet. And on y'all days, y'all put paper in them. Well, but what happened was, they was looking at me like, Mama, are you, you really not serious? I said, yeah, one, with just with that one pair of shoes. Because I could buy three pounds for what y'all want me to pay for these Jordans. So I'm going to buy one pound of Jordans. And everybody get the wham. On your day, you put some paper in the toe, wham. And they, and that's how I broke out the Jordans. So nobody wanted Jordans after this. <laughs> they was like, no, we'll just get regular sneakers. I want my own. Yeah. And everybody got their, <laughs> exactly. got their own sneakers. That was not going yeah, to work. Michael Jordan was not running my budget. <laughs> now, I do remember that we did have a serious, serious breakdown in our relationship. And we went sometime estranged, quote unquote, estranged. I would say estranged because it was some time in between you the, that time and, and the time that we reconnected, that we didn't speak. Well, let me tell you something that stands out about that. I remember we had gone a long time not speaking. I'm as stubborn as you are. We both have stubborn streaks. And it all stemmed from an argument that we had when you had gone away to college. And she probably, you probably don't even remember this, but it was about you wanting a car. And I always deal has been you save up money for your car and I will match the money for your car. But when you came to me to buy your friend's car, you had no money. So I was like, okay, you get your money, I'll match your money. I guess being away at school made you feel like you could say, and this is what you said to me, if you can't do this for me today, I don't ever need you to do anything for me ever again. And I said, that's fine by me, but you need to get up and leave out of my kitchen now. And you left. And we didn't speak. I ended up eventually moving to New York. When, when we spoke again, no, we, we would speak. This had to be before college, though. No, it was this about was a car. car. It, no, because was, you I, was at Old Dominion University. No. Uh-uh. Because I was I was looking at a car that I was gonna buy from a girl that uh, Kenya knew. It was a stick shift too, and you know I didn't even really know how to drive no stick shift. Maybe then, but um, that had to be it before I left for college. Well, this was no. The reason I said you were here in college was because you had came to Richmond to actually tell me about the car. You were no longer staying here, graduated no, from high school. We was we were still estranged. So when I left Richmond, when I left Richmond to come back, 
the last time yeah. I saw you before you left Richmond was at your graduation. And that was it. Yeah, at your high school graduation. Because I left. I didn't see you. Because I yeah, didn't even stay left. there to work for the summer. I came. Left. That's right. You came. Right here. And I wasn't. Um, you I had already. Position. The reason I knew this was because here. <clears throat> your first years in college, you couldn't have a car. I know, I, and so, I didn't have. I I wouldn't wasn't even considering a car. The first time I considered a car, um, at that point I had worked, and I had I had saved some money. When I got my first car, I um, my uncle helped me buy it actually. So I think that the conversation that you're talking about, what we did, were estranged. I it was before I left for college. It had to be before I left for college. Because the next thing I heard um, after some time had passed when I went to college was that you moved to New York. Because I didn't even know you had moved there. Okay. I, when I left, at the car incident was before I went to New York. And I think even between New York, um, me leaving Richmond and you going to New York, you lived in Maryland. Yes. Yes. And so... Right after you, when you graduated from high school, my first move was to Maryland. Right after you graduated from high school, I moved to Maryland. Okay. Went to your graduation, and I think I moved to Maryland in August of that So, at that year. point, I think after graduation, I don't remember seeing or talking to you for quite some time after that. And I, I had moved back from Maryland, back to Richmond, when you came to ask me about the car. I had I moved. I don't remember. I had moved. I had gone. Keisha had. You came. sure you ain't getting me mixed up with one of the other ones? Because <laughs> I don't remember seeing you anymore. You called me. Here's how. Here's how I remember us actually creating a, a reestablishing a bond. You called me one day out of the clear blue sky, and I picked up the phone, and you just broke down. And I was living in New York, and you broke down, and you started to cry. And you was like, I just want you to know I love you, mama. And I, and you just. But see that by that point, you were already married to Keith. Exactly. I had, I had came exactly. home from a wedding and everything. Exactly. So okay. we we kind of. So I was in New York. We kind of right. Yeah. We had kind of reconnected a little bit here and there because I remember being in college and my um my class took a trip to New York. Okay. And and I saw no, you. No 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 no. Not that class trip, but I, I remember going to New York on a, um, it was a holiday trip that I'd taken with me and my cousins used to take, okay. and I used to go visit my cousin Barbara, yeah. and I called you, and we met you in the Bronx. Yeah, in the Bronx. In the Bronx. Right. Yeah. On Fordham Avenue. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, we were kind of reconnecting a little bit here and there. Okay. But I think when we, when we really, really, really reconciled was that day. That you called By that time, I was married. Yes. Um, and I had Kedasia. Yes. She was my only kid. I hadn't had Keon yet. No, you hadn't had. Keon. And I called you, and I was, I was, I don't know if I was just overwhelmed or what it was. Um, and you, we talked, and you, you told me because even throughout those little spotty uh, times that we saw each other throughout those years, um, it was still something there. It was still some type of barrier there. And I I, I wanted very much to just uh, be open and just kind of put the ball in your court and like, well, I'm here. Um, and my grandmother told me when we first broke down, when our relationship first broke down, she said, listen to me, that is your mother. And no matter how you feel right now in this moment, she will always be your mother. You need to respect her, one. And if she ever needs you, you be there for her. And I was like, how can I do that? And she was like, trust me, you can. And trust me, I'm telling you the right thing. And so from that moment, even though it was hard in that moment, I understood what she meant. And because she was my grandmother and I felt like, she, you know, she ain't gonna tell me nothing wrong, that I opened myself up, but there was still something there. But I just couldn't figure it out because I'm like, okay, I opened myself up. I don't, I'm here. I feel like if you have a living parent, any child will want to have a relationship with them. I don't care what the circumstances are. At some point, you just be like, well, forget what happened. I don't really care about that. I'm here. We can have a relationship. But I always felt like there was still some hesitation. 
Until that call that day. Until that call. And what you said was, you said, I always felt like you never needed me. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. I didn't know whether you really remember. I do, I do. And I was like, no. I if if anything, I need you the most because you're my you're able to have a relationship with me and I wanna have one with you. I, I you know, although yeah, I'm I'm an adult, you know, and I, I know how to move through this world as a, a mature adult and take care of myself does not mean that I don't need you. And that does not mean that I don't need a relationship with you. And we really had a really good talk. And I think that broke down so many of the walls. It still was like some residual. Because even then, after we had that talk, there was still a couple of, like, it was still some hesitation and some barriers there. But I think eventually, when you move back to Virginia, this time, the last time when I moved from New you York to Richmond. Okay. I think that was where we really, really, you know, let everything down. Okay. And yeah. it was like no hesitation. You know, no no residual feelings about how we felt about each other. Well, you know, for me, it I reached I, I found a point in my life where that conversation we had that time on the phone change a lot for me. It made me feel like that you really loved me. I, before then, it was like, okay, you're my mama, and I gotta be with you, but I really ain't feeling you. You know? Oh, and, like, you to- like I tolerated Yeah, you. like you tolerated me, and that, okay, I, I've got to do this. I don't want to do this, but I've got to do this, so I'm gonna do it by, you know, I'm gonna do just what I need to do to get, get out of here. You know, um, so I was like, okay, fine, ain't nobody holding me, you know. Um, but when we had that conversation, I really, from that moment on, I really felt something that I never felt before. I felt like the love you had for me was a love that you were supposed to have. That, okay, this is my mama, I'm supposed to love her. But there wasn't any genuine, nothing was genuine about it. It was more as, I love my mom because this is what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Not this joyful love for her. That day, I really felt, and I really, I mean, I really genuinely, all those distant miles apart, over that phone, I really felt the true love. And I was like, wow, she really loved me. And it was so open. And, and I said, there had to be times in your life that you felt the same way. My mama ain't really loved me. You know, she just, I'm her child, and she's like, okay. You know, but that just seemed to let the walls down. Now, when I did come back, I moved back from New York to Richmond. Our relationship became so much more. You would come down and see me and spend time with me, and I was like, wow, this is, you know. It was almost like, mama been gone, and I really missed you, and I'm so glad you're home. And the next incident, that was so hard touching. I remember I got sick and I was at the hospital. And I, you, that was in Richmond. You were the last person I expected to show up like that. And not because you didn't love me or anything, it was just a distance. At least calling, I, you know, I kind of felt like you would be like, well, I'm calling to check and see how she's doing. What? No, you just dropped everything and you were there. And when I looked up and saw you, I was like, she came. And I, I hadn't sent for you, you understand that? And I don't know if anybody had, but the fact that you knew I was there and you just seemed to be right there, you know? And I was like, wow. So a lot of the times, my, what you saw me portray was more fear. Mm-hmm. It was a fear of Rejection. feeling like that you would reject me mm-hmm. because I hadn't been there all of your life or that there was some animosity that you just, you had, but you didn't know how to bring it out because of our situation. So, and then coming, like I said, coming to live with me was like night and day. Um, you had to do the adjustment. What started out fun got to be rules and regulations, and teenagers don't do good with rules and regulations. <laughs> they really don't. I mean, you know, you become the genius in our house. You, you 
nobody can tell you anything. And I'm talking, and I know you're not paying attention, so I'm automatically aggravated at this moment. Knock you out, you know. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm proud of where we are today, and I'm grateful. I, I'm so grateful that God has allowed me to stay here, to get wet. You, you would probably never know the burdens that I've carried over the years of saying, I could have did this different, I could have did that different, stuff like that. And now I'm in a place where I'm saying, okay, I didn't have a manual, I didn't do it perfectly, but I got it done, you know, a castaway maybe, <laughs> you know. Um, but I look and I was like, okay, two hours to be <laughs> So, remember, this conversation is about our relationship. Yeah, well, I'm glad that and I, I, and I mean, the one, and I'll tell and everybody. And it's still not bad, because all of us are still living, and we I, all got a breath to breathe at this moment, so we can always get a new chance. It's a new day, a new chance. We got that opportunity. That's true. So, That's true. It's, it's all about... And the growth allows us now to, to love without judgment. Yes. I think that's the most important thing. And I think, to be honest with you, when you truly love someone, um, whether it be a parental relationship, uh, a sisterly, brotherly, a sibling relationship, or a romantic relationship, if you really love somebody, you have to love without judgment. And you have to love them where they are. Meet them where they are. That's right. And and have no expectations. Um, and, and just truly love. And it makes the relationship so much better. It does. It does. And you, in your heart, even when we were estranged, I always wanted the best for you. I always knew Likewise. that. Likewise. I, I never, I never I certainly wondered. wasn't sitting in the corner hating on you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I won't, you know, I, I knew. I was like, I've always known she's going to be okay. So it wasn't like I stayed up worrying about where is she, she. You know, is she going to be all right? Somebody going to take advantage of her. You know, I know she thinks she got it all together, but she don't. And life's going to hand her some lemons. What's she going to do with them? Because she don't know how to make lemonade. That was my thing. But I, I watched her over the years, and I was like, wow. I'm proud. I'm real proud. I mean, as a person, I, I, girl, I would love to be able to say, and it's all me. But it, it, it wasn't, you know. But I, I got to say, you know, I think that the look, the ingredients that I added to the person that you have become is there. It shows. It is. It is because I think I get a lot of my um, grit and tenacity uh, from you. Okay. And my, my grandmother too. But you know, when stuff get real hard, like you know, I ain't gonna sit here and just die. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get on up and do you what gotta, I need to do. Cause that's gonna still be there. And I think I remember I told you one time. I was like, if anybody can just get up and leave and go and start a new life it's you and I'm inspired by that because it's um, a lot of people are so fearful to do that you know what I'm saying and I, and I think the last time that you did come back or that you did move you were a little fearful because you didn't really know I'm older and now a lot of things I don't when I was younger I didn't think about it I was like this is what I want to do I can do it I'm not afraid now I live in the world has changed so much for me. And me being older now says, you think about everything you do before you do it. Before, I was like, I'm going to give it a try. Fear has never been a part of me. I, I don't, I've never been fearful. I was like, I'll try it. Right. You know, if it don't work out, oh, well, they're going to kill me. I'll just go try something else. You know, I look back as older and said, Maybe you should have had a little fear. <laughs> you would have been a little more stationary. But I think my life is good. And I'm grateful that I've reached a place in life where I've got a peace. I all the running, living from all over the United States practically, it's gone. I, I don't right now I don't want to even go outside. That's more than than to another state, you know. So I'm I'm I got all that out, and I'm glad. At the same time, I, I, the growth, I don't regret any of it because I could have done it differently, but I think it was just part of me to get it done. Right. So I, I um, and 
it amazed me because I mentioned earlier about you always telling me you were never going to have kids. Mm-hmm. That was my biggest thing. When I was coming up, before I had any kids, never wanted any kids, I had no desire for the husband. I wanted that same, just glam life and everything just at my beck and call and there will be no rain, it's going to be all sunshine. And what I, because my life as a child was similar to yours coming up. The things that, the same way you end up coming to live with me, I end up going to live with my mother. At the time, it was very rough. But when I look back on it as an adult now, I'm so grateful for it because I realized that if I hadn't had that experience, it would I would not have been the mother you know. Exactly. To be strong enough to even take care of my children or not fall into pieces. Because we had situations in life that you probably were totally unaware of. But that I probably cried at night and stayed up or whatever. But I made it through it. It, I never felt like I can't do this and I'm just going to give it up so the strength that was instilled in me by my mother and what I thought at the time was a hardship I look back now and say wow girl you did that <laughs> well it has been lovely having this conversation with you I have truly enjoyed it and I can't wait to um, to let the world just hear it <laughs> well, this is another episode from the Visionary Concept um, in honor of Mother's Day, a conversation with my mother. And I certainly hope that you all enjoy it, that you're inspired by it. If you have any comments, questions, um, definitely engage on the Facebook page, um, the Visionary Concept, um, in the comment sections on the post for this uh, episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great evening and enjoy your Mother's Day with your mother. Um, Make it a glorious day. Um, And I definitely wish you all the best.